Welcome to Practically Fit, Real Fitness Over 40. I'm Alex Johnson. And I'm Jen Chamberlain. And today we're going to talk about your heart rate. Should you monitor it? What are heart rate zones? And what does your heart rate say about your overall fitness? Can I admit something here, Alex? Absolutely. I know next to nothing about this topic, at least before we started researching it for the podcast. But it seems like a pretty important subject. I've always thought it's something I should know more about that I don't. So I'm glad we're doing this. And coincidentally, I recently read an article in the San Francisco Chronicle that said the proportion of Americans under 40 having heart attacks went up 2% each year between 2000 and 2016. That's a pretty sobering statistic, especially for those of us who are well over 40. So why should we care about our heart rate? Well, I think you said it right there. We know the impact of heart disease in the United States. It's the number one killer in the United States of all causes of death. For me, this is a personal thing as well. Uh, You know, I have high blood pressure. Uh, My dad had a stroke when he was in his mid-60s. I've seen heart disease in my family. So I think that heart rate is a really great thing to monitor. And I think the first place to start uh, when you're thinking about heart rate and your overall health and your heart health is resting heart rate. And that's a really important indicator of overall health. It's pretty easily tracked these days via smart wearables. Um, I personally track my heart rate with a Garmin watch. And of course, these wearables aren't perfect, but they give you a good trend of data over time. I know you track yours as well. So what's what's your resting heart rate, Jen? I do. I have an old-fashioned just Fitbit that I track my heart rate with. And like you said, over time, you get a pretty good read on what your average is. And I average between 51 and 53 beats a minute for my resting heart rate. If I'm really calm, like first thing in the morning, I can get down into the 40s, like 45 to 48. So that's my range. Wow. And that's that's pretty low. So you that may come up at your doctor's office, right? We'll talk about that For in sure. a little bit. Uh, of course, it can also be an indicator of fitness, right? So mine's about 60 on average. It's anywhere from like, you know, from day to day, upper 50s to low 60s over the course of a week. Uh, so I feel pretty good about those uh, resting heart rate numbers that we've got there. Uh, so let's talk more about resting heart rate. What does it mean? Uh, I found some great information from Harvard University Health Publishing, just some basic information about resting heart rate. The average resting heart rate of a healthy adult is anywhere between 60 and 100 beats per minute. So that's why I was referencing okay. yours being a little lower, right? Yeah. Like that's, it's not bad, but it's something that, you know, could be bad if, if you had a condition, which you don't. Right. Um, a resting heart rate at the low end of the spectrum may offer some protection against heart attacks. And we'll talk more about that and uh, some interesting research that we found here in a bit. Research has found that those with the highest resting heart rates, more than 76 beats per minute, were 26% more likely to have a heart attack or die from one than those with the lowest resting heart rate, 62 beats per minute or less. Mm, So if your heart rate is consistently above 80 beats per minute, even though this could be considered the healthy zone, you should probably talk to your doctor. And there's all sorts of factors that can influence resting heart rate, age, fitness level, how much caffeine you drink. Are you pounding coffees all day? That might have an impact on your resting heart rate. Are you smoking? Do you drink a lot of alcohol? Your medications that you take, stress, anxiety, you name it, all of these things can factor in. Yeah, absolutely. I do pound uh, coffee like pretty much all day until about (laughs) three o'clock. So that doesn't seem to affect mine too much, but maybe I'm just used to it. I will say alcohol does. Um, So alcohol causes your what they call your heart rate variability to drop and your resting heart rate to rise. And both of these are not 
very they're not they're negatives they're not positive so heart rate variability is the amount of time in between the beats of your heart and the it's supposed to be a little bit higher versus a little bit lower now this is measured in milliseconds so it's a pretty delicate indicator but i've noticed um you know i like many people i tend to drink more on weekends than during the week and i've seen my heart rate variability uh drop just a little bit um, and my resting heart rate go up just a little bit. So it just shows how much even a small thing like that can impact it. Yeah, I've noticed that as well, because if you look at that heart rate data, like I think I mentioned this before, if I have a couple of drinks in the evening uh, and then go to sleep, I've noticed that my resting heart rate is a little higher overnight uh, if I've had alcohol. So that can definitely impact it. If you're tracking your resting heart rate, which we are arguing you should, I mean, there's great tools to do this today, and it's a, it's an important indicator of health. One thing to watch for is a change. So you can see how your heart rate is averaging out over time in a general sense with these fitness wearables. So if you have a sudden change, it could indicate a health issue. Again, this is why I think there's a real benefit to tracking it. I found this really interesting study from Sweden published in 2019 called Impact of Changes in Heart Rate with Age on All-Cause Death and Cardiovascular Events in 50-Year-Old Men from the General Population. So that one stuck out to me. I mean, I'm not quite 50 yet, but uh, it's it's right down my alley. Cool. Uh, and this study tracked a random sample of men born in 1943 who were living in Gothenburg, Sweden for a 21-year period. And Sweden's a pretty chill place. I got a think right so you know yeah, I think absolutely a, a good place to to track people's heart rates uh and they were examined this group of men was examined three times for their heart rates via ekg and testing and they did it in 1993 so when they were 50 in 2003 when they were 60 and then in 2014 uh, so the study found that participants with a baseline resting heart rate of greater than 75 beats per minute in 1993, so that again is when they were 50, uh, had about a twofold higher risk of all causes of death, cardiovascular disease and coronary heart disease compared with those whose, whose resting heart rate was less than 55 beats per minute in 1993. So then they examined these men when they were 60. And participants with a stable resting heart rate between 93 and 2003, so between the first check and the second check, had a 44% decreased risk of cardiovascular disease compared with participants with an increasing resting heart rate over that time period. Furthermore, every beat increase in heart rate from 1993, and this is pretty wild, every beat per minute increase in heart rate from 1993 on was associated with a 3% higher risk for all-cause death, 1% higher risk for cardiovascular disease, and 2% higher risk for coronary heart disease. So every beat per minute you added in between that time period uh, increased your risk for death. So overall, what the study found was that individuals with an increase in resting heart rate between 50 and 60 years of age had worse health outcomes. So fascinating research. My big takeaway from this, we've got to keep moving and exercising our hearts to keep the resting heart rate down and to keep your ticker healthy. It's amazing what an, a big impact this can have on your cardiovascular health. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing it makes me think about is there's a comparison with um, weight gain because, you know, um, I actually love the way this study is structured over the 10 year periods because I've, I've seen other studies where people, all of us tend to gain weight a little bit, like very gradually over time. And that weight gain is 
correlates with worse health outcomes, right? But it happens very gradually. And it seems like with the heart uh, health, it's the same thing. So you have to be careful that these things don't kind of creep up on you, right? And this is this study is just a perfect indication of that. So yeah, I think that's my big takeaway too. Yeah. And the way they structured it, having the three different check-ins, I thought was really amazing. I mean, this is really solid research. So speaking of weight, I think you've got more research, right? That has that as a factor in it compared to resting heart rate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really fascinating how resting heart rate can vary so much from person to person. I mean, even you and I, like we're both relatively fit and our heart rate, it's quite different. So we found this other study and this one had a long title, so bear with me. Um, It was called Inter and Intra Individual Variability in Daily Resting Heart Rate and Its Associations with Age, Sex, Sleep, BMI, and Time of Year. Retrospective Longitudinal Cohort Study. Ah, let me try that whole thing over again. That's a tongue twister. You want me to try it? Retrospective Longitudinal (laughs) Cohort Study. There you go. Of 92,457 adults. That's a big sample, I must say. Yeah, Yeah. huge. (laughs) So this study did a large-scale analysis of heart rate data over a period of 35 weeks for this cohort, measured by a risk-based tracker, kind of like my Fitbit and your Garmin. And there were several interesting facts, and I'll just highlight a few of them here, but it found that individuals can have a daily resting heart rate that's normal for them, but can differ from another individual's normal by as much as 70 beats a minute, which is more than I would expect, actually. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. 95% of the men in the study had a resting heart rate between 50 and 80 beats per minute, while the corresponding range for women was between 53 and 82 beats per minute. And women had a significantly higher resting heart rate across all ages, which is interesting personally for me because mine is really low. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, this is just fascinating to me, I have to say. Um, across all the ages, the average resting heart rate increased until approximately 50 years of age and then began a downward trend. So that's interesting. And then resting heart rate and BMI, this is the really interesting point, appeared to have a U-shaped relationship with the lowest resting heart rate associated with a BMI of 21 for women and 23 for men, generally in the middle of a healthy range for BMI. And of course, that stands for body mass index. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's definitely a correlation between um, weight gain and your heart rate. And then also sleep plays a big factor. And this came out in the study as well. So when it comes to sleep, the minimum resting heart rate registered for both men and women who slept an average of seven to seven and a half hours per night. So they had the lower heart rates across the study. So really interesting. Yeah, and that that range of seven to seven and a half hours, you know, you always hear get eight hours of sleep, but it seems like seven to seven and a half is pretty optimal for your health based on this study and yeah. your resting heart. I tend to be in that range generally, so I, I found that to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, back, kind of a side tangent, but with the trackers, you can measure your sleep really well too. And I found even if I'm in bed for eight hours, I'm tending to get actually seven to seven and a half hours per night of actual, you know, sleep versus wakefulness, as they call it. So here's an interesting point, though. People in the study who were underweight and overweight both showed greater heart rate variability. So that's that's interesting. Um, so on both sides of the spectrum. And last but not least, the time of year had an effect. So resting heart rate peaked in the first week of January for both men and women and hit a yearly minimum at the end of July, which is interesting. I don't know. I wonder if climate is a factor in that too. But we'll talk about that later because I've noticed heat really impacts my exercising heart rate. 
Right, right. <laughs> you lived in Texas for a long right. time, so you're probably seeing a difference in that in San Francisco. Uh, that's really everything you wanted to know about resting heart rate, at least hopefully. And more. Uh, we, we, yeah, we covered a lot there. The studies were really, really um, in-depth and fascinating, so we wanted to share a lot of facts from those. Uh, so that's your resting heart rate, but what about your heart rate when you're working out? So I think the most important number to know in relation to your heart rate when you're working out is your max heart rate. Mm -hmm. And this is the highest number of beats per minute your heart can pump when it's under high stress, like exercise. So I think this is really interesting as well. Um, You know, I have a low resting heart rate and so do you, but when I exercise, I can crank the heart rate up pretty quickly. Like if I, if I start to put in, you know, a, a, a good effort, my heart rate will go up pretty fast. Um, especially with running compared to cycling, I can really control my heart rate more, um, when I'm cycling, but, um, yeah, running, I, if I do a heavy effort, it'll, you know, you can look at the chart over the course of the exercise, especially when it's hot. I mean, you'll, you'll start to peak out towards max heart rate sometimes in the heat. So you have to be really careful with that. Totally. I'm so glad we're getting into this because this is the part of the heart rate um, monitoring that's always mystified me is um, what your max heart rate should be, what these heart rate zones are that we're supposed to be in. And I have to confess, I haven't paid much attention to it. So maybe this will make me a believer. Maybe so. Um, So let's talk about, let's talk about max heart rate a little more. You can estimate maximum heart rate using a formula. And I remember when I was young, they always said it's 220 minus your age. Um, um, and this is like, it's kind of similar to like how you're, you know, dividing up your stock portfolio (laughs) towards retirement. It's what it reminded me of when I was looking at this data, but, um, now there's a more modern formula. Oh, cool. Um, I might have to like actually put this in the podcast description because it's like getting into, um, you know, numerical operators and it's 208 minus point. Seven times your age, 208 minus 0.7 times your age. This formula should give you a pretty accurate estimate of your max heart rate. But again, this can be quite variable for people. Uh, and you, you can kind of square it up with data from your fitness watch on a very heavy effort. So for example, if I climb up a long hill at an intense pace on my bike, I've seen my heart rate hit 190, 191, 192 at like max effort. The formula tells me that my max heart rate is about 186. So I know it's somewhere right in that range. Um, on, on, uh, I do on occasion races on Zwift, which we've talked about the virtual cycling in the past. And there's, you have to register for a website for, uh, um, Zwift racing. It's called Zwift power. And it has everybody's like, you can see everybody in the race, their data. And I see people are hitting way over 200 on their heart rate, on their max heart rate. So again, this is something that again, you've got this formula, but it may be very different for you, uh, compared to the formula. You can actually see people's heart rate in that data. Yeah. Yeah. On their races, people elect to share it. But again, I would argue that you really want to be careful with that because if you are going significantly above this formula, um, I think it's something you'd want to talk to your doctor about because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be pretty accurate. I mean, we're not physicians, but again, this is something you really want to pay attention to because going above your max heart rate or spending a lot of time at max heart rate can be dangerous. Um, And I've seen various estimates of what was safe when I was um, researching this. 
But basically, the main thing is that you should only be spending time in this zone in short bursts, EX, me climbing up a steep hill on my bike or doing a HIIT workout or sprinting. Uh, here's a, here's a quote I found actually from an article in runner's world called five max heart rate training myths busted. Uh, great clickbait title there. It says, quote, most people have one to two minutes max at their max heart rate. Highly trained athletes may have more. And this is Sherry minor. She's a sports medicine physician and an age group Ironman athlete at Andrews sports medicine and orthopedic center. Uh, which I believe is in the state of Alabama. <laughs> and so uh, it's where all the athletes go for their oh, sports cool. injuries, I believe. So um, it, she, she goes on, quote, expect to see your performance suffer very quickly if you try and maintain your max heart rate for more than just a short burst. So you want to be really careful about being in this kind of area zone of your max heart rate. And that's why I think it's the most important heart rate number you can know for exercise. Absolutely. I'm going to start following this more closely. I am a believer now. The other thing, in addition to max heart rate, um, I've heard a lot about throughout my whole, I guess, fitness life is heart rate zones. You know, sometimes you go to the gym and they'd be posted on the wall, you know, like a red, yellow, or green type thing. So I've never taken the time to learn much about it, but I've always been curious. So for this uh, episode, I did kind of dig into it a little bit more. So, you know, your apps and your smart devices will now calculate them for you, which is great because I remember that's probably why I didn't pay more attention is because it required a little bit of math, which is not my strong suit. Yeah, me neither. We're we're creative. We're more writers. (laughs) Yeah, English major here. So anyway, um, but now these apps will track them for you. I have noticed that on my fitness app. It tells me when I'm in these different zones. So according to Runner's World, uh, people most widely use heart rate ranges developed by the heart rate monitor company Polar, which I remember. I had one of those Polar straps way back when. Yeah, I still have them. Do they really? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So this was based on their research in the 1970s, and they identified these zones as follows. So zone one would be very light, 50 to 60% of your max heart rate. Zone two is light, that's 60 to 70% of your max. Zone three, moderate, 70 to 80%. Zone four, hard, 80 to 90% of max heart rate. And then zone five, very hard, 90 to 100% of max heart rate. So that's when you're hitting your max heart rate or maybe even above, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think these are really useful if you're doing specific training like long running or, you know, a race. Yeah, exactly. General sense of what you're doing, right? Right. And Again, that max heart rate, like you don't want to be working out all the time in the hard or very hard categories. If you're hitting that percentage of your max heart rate in all your training, that's not healthy. I have to confess something here, actually. Yeah. Uh, This goes to my like perfectionist tendencies. So my watch tracks this all the time and it'll buzz me when I transition between these different zones. Mine's very simple. It just does three. Uh, It does like a fat burn zone, which is the lower end cardio and then uh, peak, what they call peak, which is closer to my max heart rate. And if it drops below peak, I always feel like, oh, I should be working harder. But actually, it's probably where I want to be, right? If I'm doing a cardio workout, I should be in the cardio zone, not maxing out the whole time. (laughs) Three seems like it's not enough zones. I agree. I have seen every product that I have because I have like different, you know, I have like my Garmin watch and then I have a Wahoo fitness bike computer uh, and Strava has heart rates. Like 
they all have different zones. It's very confusing. It's confusing. <laughs> That's why I think it's like a general guide, but you like, I wouldn't try to peg all my training. Like today I'm zone two only. It's just number one, <laughs> it would be really hard, but like definitely you don't want to be in these upper zones all the time and you want to moderate and try to mix up your workout. So I think it's a good general guide. Yeah. So what are your key takeaways from all of this information we've looked at? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got three. Okay. Uh, First one, very basic. Use a wearable device for estimated heart rate data. Track your resting heart rate. Track your heart rate during exercise. I actually did not used to do this. Me either. And actually, the reason I I didn't do it, because I know my heart rate tends to go pretty high when I exercise. And like, especially when I was training for like half marathons and trying to hit certain targets, like, oh, I want to do this in under two hours. Like, I know I'm getting up into that, you know, high max zone sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to know, like, (laughs) (laughs) which is a horrible attitude. Like, I literally had the thought of like, well, if I drop dead, you know, I I at least it's like, no, no, that's that's not that's a terrible (laughs) attitude. So if you have health anxiety, this might be the type of thing where like. I was really worried about like tracking my heart rate or wearing one of these watches because I thought I'm going to be fixating on it all the time. Mm -hmm. But actually it was quite reassuring to me because once I started tracking this, I'm like, oh, I have a really good resting heart rate. So I don't, I don't see any downside. It actually had the opposite effect for me of what I thought it would, which was like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, very healthy in terms of heart rate. So, nice. um, yeah, yeah, I think it's really important. It could shine a light on how hard you are working. Are you working too hard in your workouts? Uh, and also again, this idea that if you have a change in your, your resting heart rate, um, it would be good to consult a doctor because something could be, uh, wrong with your health. Second tip, watch the max heart rate. If you're spending too long at the top of your range, it's dangerous. It's not good for your training routine. It's not good for your recovery. You could end up overtraining. You could end up having a serious health issue. Watch the max heart rate. Mm -hmm. And then finally, number three, you don't have to religiously track your heart rate zone. So we talked about the zones here, but try to vary your workouts like I was just saying. Um, some of your workouts could be harder. Some of them could be moderate and you want to work in recovery type workouts from time to time as well. The heart rate data gives you a good sense of this, even while you're exercising. Um, like if I'm doing a recovery bike ride, I know I don't want to go over for me. I don't want to go over like 130 Mm -hmm. beats per minute. So that I can actually look at my bike computer and say, I need to slow down or I need to stop climbing this hill so fast. So again, those zones kind of vary depending on um, your, your heart rate data, but I think they can be really beneficial in a general sense in tracking your workouts. How about you, Jen? What tips do you have? Yeah, for me, I think my first tip would be watch your patterns. So like you, Alex, I don't religiously track my heart rate, but if my resting heart rate starts to creep up or if my max heart rate is higher than usual, I try to check in with myself and say, you know, it's maybe something's going on. So this happened a couple of weeks ago. I actually blogged about this last week, but I was in a period of really intense work stress and working these really long days. And then if I could, I'd squeeze in a run at the end of the evening. And I found my my max heart rate was actually higher than usual. And I was actually starting out at a baseline heart rate that was higher than usual for a workout. So I started wondering like, what's 
is there something going on? And I think I was already kind of in that stress fight or flight mode before I even started working out. So then I tried to do some other things to manage my stress because I realized, you know, this is starting to impact me physically as well. So I think anytime your patterns are changing, it's a good idea to either at least check in with yourself, maybe check in with your doctor to see if there might be something going on, you know. Yeah. And even you mentioned stress, that can be one thing that could cause your heart rate to go up higher than normal during a workout or or shoot up. I remember when you had that as well. Um, Also, uh, one thing I saw was dehydration. So if you're dehydrated, that can really impact your heart rate during a workout as well. But good to be watching this. Yeah, absolutely. And then my second one, if you do feel something's off, don't ignore it. So, um, you know, just not with this doesn't have anything to do with monitoring but the first time I had heart palpitations I talked to my doctor about it and we talked about this a little bit more in depth on a previous episode and it ended up being nothing to worry about but you know if you feel like there's something just not quite right talk to somebody about talk to a health professional about it just to make sure Um, and then my third one is be mindful of the temperature so I way back when when I had one of these polar straps and I was trying for a brief period of time to run in certain heart rate zones like very religiously and I was running in Texas living there at the time in the middle of summer it was 80 90 sometimes pushing 100 degrees when I went out to run and I could not keep my heart rate in a I was like maxing out even at a pretty moderate pace. And then I got just completely frustrated because I felt like I should be able to maintain the same pace. Over time, I realized that, you know, heat stress puts so much stress on your heart that really you have to adjust your effort to compensate. But I just, at first I found it incredibly frustrating. So, you know, you have to take all these factors into account and really just pay attention to your body and don't try to push it beyond your natural limits. Yeah, I think for me, too, that was one of the reasons I didn't want to track it for a long time, because I know, you know, we're working out, you know, half the year in pretty strong heat here in Texas. So it's like, oh, I don't want to know because I know it's high. But no, it's like you said, you definitely need to adjust your effort in that type of weather. So that's those are awesome tips, Jim. I think we've covered it all when it comes to heart rate. If listeners have thoughts, please feel free to leave comments over on the podcast at Practically dot fit. But Jen, what are we going to talk about next week? Yeah, for next week, we're going to talk about body work. So this encompasses all kinds of things from massage to cupping, cold laser, ice therapy, which I used to use pretty heavily. We're going to dive into all of this, the science behind it, what is worth your time and what's not and share some practical tips as always. Oh, yeah, I'm excited about that. We're also working on lining up some uh, more podcast interviews. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But until next week, until we talk about body work, uh, remember you can go over to practically.fit, sign up for our newsletter. We have great weekly content that we can send directly to your inbox. Um, If you have, again, comments on the podcast or stories you'd like to share, please feel free to comment over at practically.fit. And if you just like to contact us directly, you can send me an email, alex at practically.fit. But until next week, remember that fitness is for everybody. 